Chicago. You are listening to the new home of the Chicago Bears. ESPN Chicago. WMVP WSHE HD2 Chicago. It's the Game Day Tailgate Show with Black and Abdallah on the new home of the Chicago Bears. ESPN Chicago. Eber Float. Week 15 in the NFL, three games yesterday, a full slate of games today. The Chicago Bears are on the road in Cleveland to face off against the Browns. Four games left. Can the Bears continue the winning streak? The first of Matt Eberflus's tenure with the Chicago Bears. They've won two in a row. They're five and eight. Heading to Cleveland for today's game against the Browns, eight and five. It's Blucking Abdallah here on ESPN 1000. Over the course of the next couple hours, you'll get the pregame show with Sylvie Lance and Dion from 10 to noon. At noon, you'll have kickoff of the Bears at Browns. Jeff Joniak, Tom Thayer with the call of the game live from Cleveland. Jason McKee will work the sidelines. And then four hours of postgame coverage once the game goes final between the Browns and the Bears. All right here on the ESPN Chicago app. All right, Abdallah, here we go. Justin Fields, Matt Eberflus, we asked with seven weeks to go in the season for them to show up and take advantage of the opportunity. And to this point, they have. So now they're in position where the playoffs are still a possibility. A lot has to go their way. And most importantly, they have to keep winning. They got to start with today at Cleveland, a team that has a really good defense. But Joe Flacco is their quarterback today. And I know that we were listening to Cap and Jay Hood on Friday. They had the little back and forth with the show uh, from Cleveland, mm-hmm. uh, our sister station, uh, ESPN Cleveland. And they are uh, really high on one Joe Flacco, a guy who, what, three weeks ago was at home. <laughs> he was shopping at Target like the rest of us, hanging out. <laughs> and now he's playing quarterback again in the NFL. I think the Bears can get Flacco today. I think they can, too. He's not, you know the most mobile quarterback ever. Uh, He's not very mobile at all. Um, I mean, he has put up a bunch of points for the the Browns in his uh, couple starts here. You know, if you look at his games, though, he's also thrown a few interceptions. So he does turn the ball over. And I feel like that this is going to be uh, the best defense that Joe Flacco's faced. You know, he played against the Rams and he played against the Jaguars. And I think that the Bears have a better overall defense than the Rams and the Jaguars. And the Rams limited them to 19 points. The Jaguars limited them to uh, to 31 points. They lost that game. The Jaguars lost that game. So I feel like, yeah, like you can... You can score on the Browns, right? Like, they've given up 30 points a game their last three games. They gave up 36 to the Rams, 29 to the Broncos, and 27 to the Jaguars. So 30 points a game their last three games. You can score on them. They've got a very good defense. Miles Garrett's playing with, you know, he's got an injured shoulder. He's not playing at full capacity. They've got a bunch of injuries. They've got injuries on their offensive line. They're going to be without their center today. Um, They're going to be out with some defensive pieces as well. So they're also very banged up. And I think you can take advantage of that. They're also not great against the run. You can run on this team. So don't be surprised if you don't see a lot of Justin Fields throwing the football. Just an opportunistic situation, situational, you know, trying to get a third or you know, convert a third down or whatever. But this is going to be a game where the Bears have to control the clock, running the football and control the game with their offensive line, with their great running game. They're top five in rushing this year in the NFL so they can affect the game 
on the ground. And I think especially with the conditions, you're looking at 15 mile an hour wind gusts. You know, this is good. It's going to be very windy uh, in Cleveland and it's been raining pretty much all night and into this morning. There's a 66 percent chance of rain throughout the game. So that means it's going to affect the flight of the football with the with the wind. Also, you got to control the football because you it's going to be slippery. And so you have to you have to keep a hold of the football. Justin Fields is going to be on him. We've seen some bad snaps. We've seen the center exchange to quarterback not go well. So it's going to be up to Justin Fields to hold on to the football and make sure that they don't put the ball on the ground and turn the ball over because that's going to that if you turn the ball over too many times here against the Browns, like Joe Flacco is still good enough to hurt you if you turn the ball over and give him a short field. Matt Eberflus on Friday talked about where his defense has improved to this point this season. Most of it is really about the energy and the passion that you see. You know, because guy, when guys know what to do and know how to do it, you can feel the speed, uh, you can feel the the, the physicality, and uh, you can start to feel that. And uh, you know, the guys know what to do and know how to do it, um, and you can definitely feel that. You know, coming on, and a few of my mentors have, have texted me and talked to me and said, said they they see it too. You know, so that's always a good thing and. Uh, but again, it's always it's always one one week at a time. You know, we got a big challenge ahead of us this Sunday, and and uh, it's it's going to be big for us, and uh, going to have to play one at a time. Justin Fields on Wednesday scouted this Browns defense. They have uh, a lot of talented players, you know, on defense. Of course, their D line is a talented group. Um, shoot, their linebackers are very athletic, very fast. Um, they have very good um, instincts in zone coverage. You know, on the back end, uh, safeties and corners, of course, are. Definitely top in the league, so it'll be a great uh, test for us this week, and um, everybody's excited for the opportunity, but definitely a talented defense for sure. Justin also continued on how he's keeping his interception numbers down this season. You know, just trying to make uh, the best decisions I can, Um, and, you know, we preach uh, no turnovers. So, um, I mean, yeah, just trying to uh, do my job as the quarterback of this team, and, um, of course, I have to continue with the no interceptions, but also have to clean up the fumbles, so... um, yeah, I mean, that's just, you know, the number one priority on offense is just taking care of the ball. Because if we know, you know, if we don't do that, then, you know, we don't have a chance to score. So um, <coughs> kind of the number one rule on, on offense is, you know, making sure ball security is, um, you know, at a premium. You know, he's asked about the interception numbers. He references he needs to take care of the ball as far as fumbles goes. It's nice to hear that. Now he has to do it. You know, we it was something that I talked about in these, in the summer. When I was looking at Justin Fields, what I was hoping for in this season was less turnovers and less turnovers through the air. He really has done a nice job as far as in the last few weeks. You know, go back to the last five games Justin Fields has played. He's thrown one interception. Mm-hmm. Actually, go back to the last six games he's played in. He's thrown one interception. Yeah. So, I mean, he's really uh, in the air taking care of the football. Now, I, I think you could also argue the other side of that is that he's not throwing enough balls that could be 50-50 balls, allowing his receivers to make plays. Uh, he's maybe too cautious, not taking enough of a chance over the middle, deep down the field, and, and putting the team in scoring positions. But I, I think the mark of a quarterback who's not getting it and just is not good, probably saw it last night in Indy uh, as uh, he was benched. His name was Mitchell Trubisky. And he was benched after a horrific throw over the middle, just airmailed to the defense. Yeah. Uh, a wild interception from Trubisky on his back foot. You know, Bears fans are used to seeing that from the young quarterback Trubisky. Justin Fields this season has done a good job of limiting 
the turnovers in the air. He mentioned it, the fumbles. He's got to fix that. Yeah, I mean, look, he's had 17 turnovers in the fourth quarter in his career. He, that's the highest you know, in that span of his career. Him and Trevor Lawrence lead with 17. So, I mean, it's, yeah, Trevor Lawrence is a great quarterback, and I'd love to have Trevor Lawrence, but, you know, it, it is an issue. And I think it's a solvable issue. I think you can fix fumbles, right? You can, that comes with, you know, with better uh, grip of the football, with better, you know, because he's running, obviously he becomes a running back essentially at that point, and the ball gets popped out every once in a while. The problem is that sometimes those fumbles are happening with the center quarterback exchange. So I'd like to know how many of those fumbles are coming from that exchange being a, a, a poor snap, and then once you add a better center next year, will that kind of take care of itself, right? You know, that's something that concerns me about today. With the football being wet, the center to quarterback exchange is something that I'm going to look to, and hopefully that doesn't set them back. Because if you fall behind against this this um, Browns defense, that's when they get you. They're the best defense in the league when it comes to not allowing third-down conversions. So to me, as long as you're running the football effectively on first down and you're picking up four or five yards, uh, a, you know, a carry, especially on first down, you should be pretty productive. I think that Fields can, has fixed a lot of his mistakes. His completion percentage has gone up. Like you mentioned, the interceptions have gone down. The sacks have gone down. He was injured, so the touchdowns are about the same as they were last year. But he's got an opportunity these next four games to have more touchdowns than he did last year. And also, you know, the, the rushing touchdowns, too. He can have more of those in these next four weeks leading up to the end of the season. For more on Mitchell Trubisky getting benched at the end of last night's game, <laughs> we go to Chase on the south side. Hello, Chase. Your Hi, thoughts Chase? on Mitch. Did you see last night? Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know what? I, you know what I think it is though. I'm not. I'm just saying. I think that. I think he's broken. I just think the bit. I think it's just the fact that. It's just something. It's just something that happened where you know. I was hoping that maybe a change of scenery would would help him, but unfortunately, uh I think that's it, guys. That's all. I think that's it. No more calls think- on Trubisky from here on out. Correct. That's it. That's it. I, I, I've give. I've raised raise the right flag. I, I, hey, that's it. No more. That's it. And hey, hey Black, do not. But hey, you have a tendency to bait me into it too. No, I don't. So, no, yes, I don't. You do. I don't <laughs> want to talk Trubisky. No, <laughs> I don't. The- <laughs> but uh, I know, nah. Chase. I know you. You're gonna call next week and go, hey, uh, hey, Abdallah, Abdallah. <laughs> Colt McCoy or Mitchell Trubisky. Yeah, see, that's what's going to happen. That's is what like, you're going to do. Some rando quarterback's going to have a game, and here you go. You want this guy or Trubisky? Well, no, <laughs> it's, a, it's the opposite. It's that a quarterback comes in and has a, a god-awful game, right? So Colt McCoy comes in, he has to throw four interceptions, and then you go Colt McCoy or Trubisky. And I Colt go, McCoy or and Trubisky! I say, and I say Colt McCoy. <laughs> and then you start laughing. No, well, yeah, well, that's what's gonna happen. All right, from here well, on well, out, that's you're it. No more no Trubisky. More. No, no, that's it. That's it. Uh, that's it. I, I saw that game and I was like, yeah, that's it. Because the Colts defense is really bad. But um, mm-hmm. the reason why I was calling really to talk about is, um, you know, was talking about you know Justin and the game, and you know people were talking about because we trade him this and that. So you know, just looking at this game right here, I mean, I just. I don't know. I'm, I'm, like I told you guys on Friday, I don't know how I feel because I have zero confidence in this coaching staff. Um, I still cannot get – I know 
The defense is playing well. I know Iberflus is doing a decent job as far as getting his defense together. But I cannot shake how bad of the start the season was. I still can't get that out of my mind. And I keep thinking about all the blown games that we – I mean, we, we should easily have three wins. And if it wasn't for poor coaching, we, we would be sitting here at seven and five or something. You know what I mean? You know, like the game against Denver, you know, the, the blown timeouts, the clock yeah. management. I mean, those are indictment of coaching. I mean, here's another thing people aren't talking about. The Minnesota game in Chicago when the team came out and looked unprepared off 10 days. You know, things like that is why I'm just – I'm sort of torn because I feel like this. If they win three out of four, more than likely, I still believe they're going to move on from Fields regardless because – and it's not an indictment on Fields. I just believe by them highly likely getting a number one overall pick, I just do not see them passing up on a quarterback because I believe Poles wants to reset the clock just to cover him, just to cover his behind. But Eberflus, on the other hand, if they finish out the season strong, I can see a scenario he comes back, which kind of sucks because now you're going to draft another quarterback with the same coaching staff. And I, I just don't – I'm really – that don't sit too well with me. You know what I mean? You're going to bring in a rookie quarterback – with a head coach who could be on the hot seat again, it's like we're playing the same cycle over and over again, and it just the cycle won't stop. It's like what Sylvia always say: it's a circle of suck. And I hope Kevin Warren is taking notes of all this and saying, "Look, we're doing things differently. If we do not see progress, regardless of what, he's out of here. There's no way you can bring this guy back if, if this team does not show if they lose games that they should be winning. It's just a fact, guys." Thank you, Chase. No longer a Trubisky truther. We appreciate you, Chase. All right, guys. Have a good holiday. Take care. Be safe. There he is. The the final time. Trubisky truther. (laughs) Uh, Until the next time, because uh, he said this before, that he was done with Mitch, and then it it pops back, and Mm -hmm. then, uh, you know, here here comes Cav. Take that, take that, take that lane, and then here we go. Uh, Trubisky's terrible. Take that, take that, Oh, you know how it is, and then he's out on him, and then here he comes. He's right back the next time, always always coming back to Mitch. You can never shake it. The Mitchell (laughs) Trubisky can never get away from it. What it's, do you think of that, Abdal? It's just you funny. Never be- shake it. I saw him throw that interception. I went, oh, Mitch, you are bad at football. Of course. <laughs> All right, Bears-Browns, let's go. ESPN Chicago. Chicago. It's the Game Day Tailgate Show with Ian Abdallah on the new home of the Chicago Bears. ESPN Chicago. Darren in Haywood, Iowa, listening on the ESPN Chicago app. You're on ESPN Chicago. What's up, Darren? I want to ask you guys, have you guys ever read Eric Lambert's reports? What was that? Okay, before I get to Flues, do you guys ever read Eric Lambert reports on, on Smart Monkeys? No. Smart you know monkeys. No. Smart monkeys. <laughs> no. I, I don't know what that is, Darren. Well, it's Eric Lambert. It's on Twitter. But I do read him a lot. And yesterday he wrote a report that Brian Poles is going to trade Justin Fields. 
And he's hearing that from the stories from Hallis Hall. Now, okay. Ryan Poles did go to Boston College. And one of the things Eric Lambert was saying that he wants his Matt Ryan quarterback. 6'4", 220, big arm, strong arm, pocket passer. Well, if that is the case, he's really liking Drake May a lot. Now, as far as Flus, I got mixed feelings. I don't know if I should bring him back or don't bring him back because he has done a decent job in the last four or five games. It's going to be really telling today if if Ryan, if if Justin Fields goes out and bombs out and throws three touchdowns on this defense and the Bears win 31-14, to 14, uh, everybody's coming back next year because this is a big game for the Chicago Bears. And that's all I'm going to say, guys. All right, thank, thank you, you, Darren. Appreciate the phone call. Abdallah, did you look up? What was this, smart, smart no. monkeys? No. <laughs> no. I didn't. <laughs> I, think, I think you should try and look it up. I, I mean, I, I looked it up and nothing came up. <laughs> All right. I've never heard of that website. I don't know. We'll look into it. Black Abdallah here on ESPN uh, 1000, the ESPN Chicago app. Uh, let's get into this. Uh, you want to get real uh, football nerdy? Uh, with yeah. me for a second. Sure. Uh, what's something that you think bothers all Bears fans uh, in regards to the start of games and the decisions being made by the head coach on how to handle the coin toss? Well, I think that, that most people would say that in this era of football, you win the coin toss and you defer, meaning that ideally... One, you get the ball to start the second half, obviously. But also, you try to work it out so you have the ball to end the first half and start the, the second half. So you can double dip. So, like, you can score, you know, a touchdown and get a 14-point swing yeah. without giving the ball back to the other team. And traditionally, that's what's been happening for the past, what, you know, 15 years or so? For like, quite some time. Quite People some understand time. how do you... I get a double possession around halftime yeah. if you're the team that defers. Yes, yes. That's usually what happens. And like, and we've seen this season and last season, Matt Eberflus, when winning the coin toss... He doesn't like to do that. He likes to take the football. He likes to possess the football. So this week at Hallis Hall, the reporters asked Matt Eberflus about this on Wednesday. <laughs> Here's a little back and forth on why... Matt Eberflus takes the football when the Bears win the coin toss. Yeah, it's really about just, uh, you know, visiting with, you know, uh, you know, our game management guy, Harry, you know, and then us deciding what's best for our football team, you know, based on the strength of uh, the opponent, you know, in terms of their offensive defense, how they how they are, you know, in terms of their openers, you know, and uh, really it's just about that. You know, then obviously wins the factor. Um, you know, so there's a lot of things that go into it. Uh, but uh, we, we make that decision, and, and typically I'll tell the team ahead of time. You know, I'll tell them on my Friday, using my situations meeting on Friday, I'll tell them that and uh, when I'm going through that, and they can get ready. How do you reconcile after giving them an opportunity then to, to double dip first half, second half, like half and half? Yeah, I mean, there's really no analytics to that, that that suggests that you get a double dip, you know, in that situation, taking the ball or deferring. Um, but, you know, you look at it, and 
you know, it's still about execution. You know, it's still about creating the opportunity for yourself to get the double dip, you know, stopping them and then, you know, getting using your timeouts and, and all that. But, uh, but certainly uh, we are well aware of that. Let's go against your natural inclination as a defensive-minded guy. Like, it, like, would you rather be on defense first and, and have that double dip? Just well, I would say I'm the head coach first. Okay. Uh, so, yeah, you know, scoring point, you got to score points to win games. Um, but uh, I would just say that uh, we'll just look at, you know, the opponent and then look at ourselves and how we match up well against a certain group. And uh, that's, that's what we do. Without giving away any state secrets, what part of the evaluation would tell you we'd rather have the ball in the first quarter because of a matchup than in the third quarter or whatever? Uh, yeah, I mean, it's going to be hard to answer that without giving away state secrets. Speaking code. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But, uh, yeah, we just do what's best we feel for that particular game. So, Abdallah, there's Matt Eberflus from Wednesday. Uh, you heard Dan Wiederer. You heard Patrick Finley. Uh, you heard a couple other reporters mixed in there. Um there's no analytics to suggest that getting a double possession is actually better. Okay. For Matt Eberflus. Said it on Wednesday. I heard this on Wednesday, and I was like, all right, this is good. We, we could spend five good minutes on this on Sunday. <laughs> I don't know if it would make the Black and Abdallah show six to eight on the week weeknights. I don't yeah. know if that really, if we get that nerdy with football on um, weeknights outside of DBOA discussion. Yeah. Uh, but I thought that we could take five minutes, five good minutes today. And uh, look into the decisions that Eberflus has made, which sounds as if he's just going off of gut just going feel. rogue. Yeah, no, like because he says that there's secrets or like there's information, but he doesn't really have information. Mm-hmm. And then he says that he just goes off the feel of the day. Like, really? What are I, we doing? What are we doing? I've counted so far. Hold on, this is the last game I have to get to. Uh, I've counted four games where the Bears scored on their first possession. That's pretty good. Five games. It would be five, but they missed a field goal in one of the games. Okay. To start the game. Sure. So five games out of their 13 where they've scored on the opening possession by getting the football. And now I, I didn't go back and look and see how many times they won the toss and actually took the football in those games. You know what I mean? Because like, right. because um, that's not, that's not on here, but in, in, in opening drives, five of them have resulted in opportunities to score four of them. They actually scored. I do understand the idea that getting points and allowing your defense to go after the other team and playing from a lead is beneficial, especially for this quarterback and this young team. I do get that. Mm-hmm. I do also get that you give the other team an opportunity to settle into the game. And on those possessions where they didn't score touchdowns, I'm guessing some of those games they lost. Yeah, right? a, lot, like, a lot of them they lost. Yeah, a lot of them they lost. A lot of them right? they lost. Yeah, a lot so of them like, they lost. If it works out great and you can score and your defense can roll out with a 7 nothing lead and force a 3 and out, yeah. and you can get the football back and score again and yeah. get up either 10 or 14 points, mm-hmm. I would imagine the analytics would show that the higher probability of winning that game is much greater than it would be. For sure. Just starting the game even, right? Yeah. With that said, I would also assume that if we look into the analytics of a team scoring at the end of a half and then scoring again out of halftime, 
that the analytics would probably point to it being a high probability that those teams won those football games as well. Well, okay, because I, I honestly, I don't have a problem with what Matt Eberflus is doing. I don't. Because look at last week, right? Last week against the Lions, they score. I believe they scored first, didn't they? Didn't they, they score? Uh, yeah, it was one of the games that they scored first. Okay, so if you look at the game, they scored a touchdown to start the game, right? Then they force a punt. Then they score a sort of field goal. They're up 10 to nothing, right? 10 nothing in that game. Then the Lions come back and score two touchdowns before the end of the first half. And you're like, oh, man, we're about to see three, tu- three unanswered touchdowns here. We're about to see 21 points in a row. They missed one of the extra points. So it was 13 uh, to 10 heading into halftime. But... <clears throat> Which side of the ball is better? You. Thank you. It was his cough. <laughs> Which side of the ball was better, is better for the Bears, right? Which side of the ball is better for the Bears right now? The defense, right? The defense is better than the offense right now. It's safe to say that the defense is better than the offense. So I have no problem saying, hey, come out of halftime and force a three and out like they did last week. Because that's exactly what they did. They forced a three and out. They made adjustments. The Lions didn't score a single point in the second half. So you can do it when you have a defense that's playing as well as the Bears' defense is. Nathan and Elgin, you're on ESPN 1000. What's up, Nathan? Hey, what's going on, guys? Not much, uh, man. So I just had a comment. I, I picked up on did – anyone, did you guys hear he said, obviously, wind is a factor? Yes, I heard that, that even, too. Yeah. <laughs> that doesn't even make sense. <laughs> he doesn't even get to pick the direction. <laughs> I, I heard that, too. Yeah, wind's, wind's a factor. Yes. <laughs> that's it guys all right, a good thank, one. thanks nathan yeah I, I heard that on wednesday and i was like all right we could spend a couple minutes on sunday yeah. talking about this i but i do think it's something you see online when the game happens and and everyone's uh commenting in real time people are annoyed that the bears continue to take the football first okay but it's outcome bias right it's 100 percent outcome bias when it works like last week against the lions it's fine you can say that my preference would be i would defer Oh, I would, I would too. I would always defer because this would this would be my mindset. If my defense is good, I want them out there first to limit the offense because I think putting an offense on the field and going three and out is more deflating than your offense going out there and scoring a touchdown. It is, but histor- like even in the last you know, two if the years. offense rolls out there, goes three and out, your defense looks good, boom, momentum immediately on your side. Where if the offense goes out there and scores, yeah. you say, well, we haven't touched the ball yet. Like, it's not as deflating. It's deflating to have a defense go out there and smash you in the face. See, I think it's more deflating to do what you did to the Lions and score twice when you force a three and out. It's Blocking Abdallah here on ESPN 1000, the pregame show coming up in 30 minutes. ESPN Chicago. Chicago. It's, it's the Game Day Tailgate Show with Black and Abdallah on the new home of the Chicago Bears, ESPN Chicago. Black and Abdallah here on ESPN 1000. On Monday, we have Bears Night in Chicago, presented by Miller Lite. Last week, we were talking with TJ Edwards, and we asked him, what's been the key to the success of the defense over the last month? Yeah, I mean, I think... Honestly, I think chemistry in this game is such a big thing. You know, I think all the, all the teams that are doing so well right now, you know, you see that they've got um, 
kind of a standard of guys that have been there for some time that understand how to play the game together and um, I think that was something that we were building on you know at the start of the year and uh, I feel like we're finally starting to kind of hit that stride with understanding you know what the coaches want things to look like but also understanding how we all play together and um, you know knowing where everyone's going to fit and just kind of having that familiarity that um, you don't really get you know in week one so I think we've kind of just been building and you know obviously adding you know pieces you know all year in terms of like Yannick and um, Tez who you know obviously changes the game and in just terms of up front and things like that but I think just as a unit we're understanding how good we can be it's just it's more so going out there and doing it every week but um, you can tell you know the turnovers weren't really there early and they're starting to finally kind of come to fruition every week so it's been it's been fun man for sure since Montez Sweat joined you guys you guys are ninth in points per game allowed fifth in yards per game allowed fifth in passing yards per game allowed and second in takeaways yeah when Khalil Mack came here yep uh you know we talked to some of the defensive players that like you know they're like well in meetings you just you sit up a little taller and like you practice a little harder when a guy like that is in the building with you guys is that kind of like the same with Montez Sweat coming in and, like, joining you guys? Because he seems like he's gelled with you guys yeah. so quickly. Yeah. And to be a part of this team that, you know, like you said, it's taken a while to, to get some chemistry and mm-hmm. string together some of these wins. For him to come in and just gel so quickly with you guys, what does that say about him and, like, his character and stuff? Yeah, I mean, so, you know, I was in Philly for four years, and we played Washington twice a year. So, like, I knew all about Montez Sweat before he got here. Like, I knew how much of a problem he was for other offenses, you know, and, um, you know, obviously when he got here, I just, I felt like he just wanted to, he wanted to fit in, he wanted to be, you know, a part of the crew, and, um, and that's, you know, that's the cool thing about him, is he, you know, has all the right to just be a, a guy who could care less, you know, right, and they just, you know, paid him much money, but that's just not who he is, man, he, he's bought in, he wants the best out of everybody, and um, all he does is kind of raise the level of competition of the people around him, and that's, that's what you want out of a guy like that, and, um, you know, he, to me, he's one of those, uh, you know, first off the bus type dudes, you know what I'm saying? Just a massive human, um, who just, who adds so much to your defense and, um, we're, we're definitely happy he's with us for sure. You know, I, I, I know you weren't here last year, yeah. um, but last year in the media and I'm sure in the halls at Hallis Hall, it was, it was thought of as a, we need to tear apart some stuff that was here from the past regime yeah. and we need to kind of. Not necessarily tank, but like we're we're rearranging the items, and and now we're going to bring in some guys. Do you guys look around the locker room now and, and start to think like, hey, a bunch of us are going to be here for a while, and like let's try and build something together? Is is that like a different um, kind of mindset that maybe the locker room could have in this season opposed to maybe last season? I know you weren't here last yeah, season, yeah. but is that something that you can feel as a player? I just think you know you and, and like for me like when I you know have learned to you know be in this locker room and, and been around the guys for some time now um you just feel a group that like they just want so much more and um understands you know we, we finally had some games where we've played some like really good football right there's been some stretches to where uh we played some you know good ball at times and then um you know didn't finish at the end or you know maybe didn't play well as a, as a whole team but i feel like we finally are, are understanding how good we can be and um when you have a group like that who just kind of believes in one another it's dangerous and you know, I think people, you know, they want to be a part of it. You know, people understand what we're what we're building here and what um, we're building on every week, and just just want to be better than the, the week before. But um, it, it's a special group, man. You know, a, a pretty you know young team as well. But yeah. it's a it's a team that just wants all the experience. They want all the growth, and um, we just want to win. You know, there's no waiting. No one wants to 
you know, see how things work out. Like people just want to win, and that's that's exciting to be around for sure. You know, there were some quotes yesterday from we talked about it from Montez Sweat talking about Matt Eberflus mm-hmm. and how the different the culture different here than it was in Washington right before he left. That guys were checking out and yeah. guys didn't want to be there and all that kind of stuff. You know, a lot of the conversation around you know on our shows and yeah. on our radio station is about Matt Eberflus's job security and whether or not he's going to be here next year. What can you tell us about? the mood in the building and what he brings to you guys as the head coach and as your defensive coordinator every single day. Yeah. I mean, so, um, I, I think from the, from the jump, I think the thing that I, I respect the most about, um, Flus is that his, his messaging and his, you know, foundation of what he wants his place to look like hasn't changed, you know? And for me, I respect that so much because it's easy to, um, you know, when things maybe aren't going so well, it's easy for you to kind of change who you are and try to, you know, be something that you're not. But he's been the same guy every day, you know. And, and as players, we respect that a lot because we understand his expectation. We understand, um, you know, what it's supposed to look like. And especially, you know, on defense. You know, he's coached some really good defenses. He's had some really good players, some all-pro type players in his scheme and things like that. Um, so for us, it was easy to, to kind of buy in and believe. And um, when someone shows up every day and they're, you know the the same guy win or loss it's it's easy to respect and easy to want to want to play for so he's been he's been great for our group man and um he's also a pretty funny guy too he's had some you know just just flus type comments that are just they're good for everyone but he seems um, like he'd be like dad funny yeah exactly <laughs> you know like exactly, he seems man. like he's making dad jokes all the no time doubt. you're like ah, no doubt yeah. you know and you can tell like some of the some of the rookies just don't quite get it because they're just a little, too, <laughs> a little too young but like all us older guys like all right you know he's trying to be funny here but he's a good dude no doubt schematically when when the defense is being put in in the summer yeah and you guys face adversity early yeah did you did you hope things would change as far as the schematics, or were you okay with waiting to see how coach kind of continues to have that same message drilled into the team every single day as far as like how you guys are attacking? Because I know it was talked about that he did take advice that you guys needed to blitz a little bit yeah. more. And he started to implement it a little bit. And I know obviously Montez Sweat added to right, the team certainly helps. Yeah. The defense, but um, are you surprised at the schematics and whether or not they've changed throughout the season? I mean, so in my opinion, I think there's a difference in terms of you, in terms of a coach getting up there and, and keeping his messaging and what he believes, you know, the same, and also a coach that isn't willing to adjust to his personnel. And he's not that type of coach. You know, he's a he's a he's a coach who believes in his foundation and in terms of you know a team that hustles and plays with intensity and um, is very physical. You know, he believes in that, and that's every single day. But I think he's done a really good job of adjusting his scheme to his personnel that he has and understanding uh, kind of, you know, where to put certain guys. And um, I think, you know, and honestly, I think last game, I think he called a, a hell of a game just in terms of what he was doing when he when he sent pressure, when he decided to um, play coverage. And um, I think every week, you know, you kind of see his confidence grow with that as well, just understanding that we've done it before. And, that, again, I think that goes to the chemistry aspect we talked about a little earlier, but um, I think he, he adjusts really well and he listens, man. That's that's big time as a player. You just want a coach that's going to listen to you, especially, you know, you got a bunch of guys who have played a lot of football, right? So if you just if you get a coach who doesn't really care what you have to say and they're just going to do what they want to do, it's um, it's frustrating. But he, he's not that guy, and he, he wants to just make sure that we're in the right spots at, at all time to make plays and um, win games, and that's that's what he believes in. So it's it's easy to want to go out there and play for a guy like that. And essentially, he's got two jobs. Right? Yeah, he's yeah. head coach and defensive coordinator. Is there a difference 
between when you're in the defensive meetings with him yeah. or when you're in the all-team meetings with him yeah. is he's like head coach Matt Eberflus or defensive coordinator Matt Eberflus. That's what I love, man. He's he's the exact same. You know what I'm saying? Like same, just like kind of one-off, like we were talking about earlier, like one-off dad jokes. And you're just like, all right. <laughs> I guess that's kind of funny. Um, but he's, no, he, he's the exact same. And um, I think, you know, as as time goes on, you're just like set in your ways in that sense. And um, you, you just, you have nothing but respect for that. When the losses pile up and he's talking about complimentary football, yeah. I think fans hear that and it's like, it's almost a joke. Yeah, they just lose their it, minds. Because it doesn't, to say that that's what is missing, it's like, well, it's obvious. But then when you see it and it yeah. works, like multiple times yesterday, the defense stood tall and the offense took advantage of the situation and put seven on the board. Yep. Or you, you see it in any other way. Say yep. um, the offense comes down and, and has a 12-play drive, and you guys are fresh. You get out there, and boom, here's a turnover. And now things are really yep. Like, it really makes a lot of sense when you guys can take advantage of it. Yeah. No, I mean, that's, again, it's stuff that we've talked about since the beginning of the year, but uh, we just haven't really seen it um, happen in those early games. And I think as time's gone on, as time's – as time has you know gone that we've got to play you know with you know alongside each other for a couple of games you get to see that a little more and even um special teams is such a big factor in that you know Trent Taylor uh, a guy we picked up who's playing lights out just in terms of what he does catching the ball and then also um in the return game we finally got to see like a little bit of that yesterday and you see how how dangerous it is and you see how it all kind of meshes together so um, that's definitely you know something we, we talk about every day, but uh, to see it happen, it just gives us confidence. You know, we've talked a lot about Justin Fields, yeah, and since his return back from the injury and how much it, how he's playing better football uh, since the injury and since sitting mm-hmm. on the sideline and you know watching from a different perspective. Um, I don't know how much you get to watch during the game of him playing, or whether you're, you know, watching the iPad or whatever it yeah. is, going over stuff and, you know, whatever. It is. Being a football player. Being a football yeah, player. Right, right. Yeah, trying to get yeah. my job done. Yeah, trying to get a job <laughs> done and not and not being a fan like we are watching Justin Fields. Um, but what have you seen from him in the la- in, since his return uh, from the injury that has led to better play from the offense? I mean, I think just his confidence in general, and I think he, you know, he's making the right decisions of in terms of. Um, you know, extending plays with his feet, and um, I think the the connection with him and DJ is something special in this league. You know, I think uh, it's not not really talked about enough, but I think what they do week in and week out when they're out there, it's it's special, man. And, and I tell you what, I wouldn't want to play against it. Like I I want no problems with Justin Fields running around back there and trying to catch that guy. So um, you know, he made a couple plays. Uh, just get out of the pocket. I think in that first drive where he was just yeah. kind of, mm-hmm. you know, they sent like zero one play and he was able to get out of there and make a big first down run. But um, anytime you have a guy who can, one, make all the throws, but, you know, as a bonus, he can extend those plays and um, make big plays with his feet, man, it's it, it's so dangerous. And I think um, he's so underrated with what he can do. So uh, I'm just happy for him and happy with how the offense is playing. I think the whole line's doing uh, a hell of a job, and you know our running backs are a special group as well. So it's been, it's been a good time watching them. And trust me, the whole defense is up on their feet watching when they're up. So um, it's a good time, no doubt. You know, you you mentioned not wanting to have any part of it. You know, Hutchinson was on the left side of the line, and I know the the cuts of the All Twenty Two are out there online today, but he made a stunt to the inside, and, yeah. and Justin immediately broke it to the right, and yep, that was the on touchdown. the touchdown run. And and that's one of those things where. 
You're right. You don't want any part of that because if you slip up a, a little with the contain on the edge or you think you're going to be able to get into the inside, he has the speed. Yeah. And, and I think, if not the fastest, one of the fastest quarterbacks in the NFL. It, it's pretty incredible, his ability to escape. Yeah. And, and I think you see it every week in terms of um, his ability to kind of feel the pocket and, and understand when it's time to run and understand, understand when it's time to sit in there and deliver a throw. Um, but I think he saw the short edge in that last game. And um, like I said, man, I don't know. I, I wouldn't want to be one-on-one in the open field with Jay Fields at all. Well, so. that's the thing. Like, we know what he can do with his legs. Like, yeah. we saw it all no. last year. We've seen it a bunch this year. But to yeah. me, yesterday, you know, the, the touchdown to DJ Moore when they were offsides was yeah. great. But it's the shorter throws, like the eight-yard throws to Cole Komet to yeah. get a first down. The one like, to Mooney. Yeah, yep. the one to yep. Mooney, the throw to Mooney. Those are the throws where we didn't really see – a lot of that and yep. like the velocity is higher on his throws he's getting the ball out faster the zip is there and everything it just seems like he's processing better and going through the progressions and everything and making the smaller plays like the flash plays are great the ones right. that they put on twitter and everything are awesome but it's the smaller plays that extend drives right. that he's making to keep you guys off the field so you guys no can get doubt. a rest and get a break but also leads to touchdowns and field goals yeah and and i think that all goes with with confidence right like understanding where to go with the ball and when to do it and um, knowing if you get this look that this is where I got to go and you, you see that happening every week but um, I mean for us you know I feel like um, every time we, we get the ball first on offense they're doing something special to either move the ball into their field position or they're scoring so for us it's all positives and um, as a defense man anytime you get a little breather you know you appreciate it so we make sure to let those guys know for no doubt you saw the development of Jalen Hurts yeah go from a quarterback with a great defense who couldn't really um you know win the game by himself type of thing and then last year he turned into an MVP candidate and the Eagles are a very good team this year yeah. as well I know last night didn't go their way but have you have you seen any similarities between the development of what you saw in Philly with Jalen Hurts and what you're seeing now with Justin as your teammate? Yeah, I mean, I, I feel like in Philly, I think um, it was always like when we needed a big play, Jalen would make it, right? And um, you almost, like for me, I almost get that same feeling now. And it's like we need a big play. Like kind of we talked about in that first drive, like it was like third down and they're sending, you know, all-out pressure. We need a big play and he's getting out of it and making a huge play with his legs or he's making a, a great throw to Mooney in a tight window to, to get the ball out. Like, I, to me, it's the constant you, – all you want to see out of your teammates is constant progression. And, um, and and that's the best part, right? Like, no one's satisfied. And I think those are – that's a big similarity between the two is they're not satisfied with what just happened or um, the good or the bad that's happened in the past. They just want to be better than what they were. And um, anytime you get a guy like that, you know, it's easy to – easy to want to play with someone like that for sure we both watched a lot of Jalen Hurts in college too I feel like the calmness yeah is something that's the same too no they're doubt. never frazzled Poised, not, em- not emotionless yeah. but yeah. like the complete calm no matter whether you're up 20 or down to, like it doesn't matter like they're still going to be calm through the entire game and just it brings a a sense of not a sense of urgency but just it kind of evens yeah. everyone out uh, for the rest of the game, I feel like that's another quality that they have that's very similar. Yeah, I mean, poise in this game is is everything. Mm-hmm. Just because the the ebbs and flows of the games it, is it's every drive. You know, something could happen. You could be down. You could be up. And um, anytime the you know the quarterback who, who's such a, a key piece to you know teams nowadays, anytime they're calm, it, it just eases the mind of everyone else. And 
um, it, it's big time. And Jay Fields definitely has that you know component to him for sure. Well, I saw that especially on the uh, fourth down play, fourth and thirteen. Yeah. Uh, third quarter, minute thirty six left. You get the lines to jump off sides. Now, getting up to the line, it seemed like in the past that could have been a chaotic moment for the offense. Yeah, right. And, you know, okay, false start or, or delay right. a game, and okay, now the Bears are punting because you're too far out for a field goal attempt, and, and there goes the offensive possession. He was cool and calm, walked yeah. up to the line, hard count, got the offside, snapped the ball, and then fired it off. That, that was one of those plays where I, I said to myself, all right, he, he's really yeah. starting to get it. And I know it's just one play, and fans who are upset that he doesn't make all of the plays are going to say, well, he missed this one or right. he didn't do this one. Or he only threw for 223 yards, whatever. Yeah, That was a big moment yesterday in the game. And, and I yeah. think that was also a big moment in the development for the quarterback and also the development of the offense. Yeah, I mean, it was a, it was a huge play. That, that's like textbook, right? Like yeah. when you – you know, that's something that – all the, all the people playing Madden are, like, dreaming of doing right there, like getting them to jump off sides and uh, throw a deep shot. But I think on film what's cool is, you know, you see him jump and then you see everyone kind of translate, you know, understanding what's happening, right? So everyone's going deep. The protection's good. Um, Jay Fields is getting the ball out on time. So, um, yeah, that's definitely one of those to where you can understand that everyone's on the same page and everyone understands the situation, which is, you know, in the NFL, all these – all these games come down to a couple possessions, you know, a couple points. So situational football is, is everything. And um, you can you can definitely tell that this past week we were – everyone was understanding, you know, kind of what the situation was. And when you get a, a team that's doing that, it's hard to stop for sure. TJ Edwards with Blocking Abdallah and Bears Night in Chicago. We'll be with him on Monday, 6th day at Edison Park Inn for Bears Night in Chicago. We'll have the pregame show coming up next. The new home of the Chicago Bears. It's the Game Day Tailgate Show with Black and Abdallah on the new home of the Chicago Bears, ESPN Chicago. Black and Abdallah getting you ready for the network pregame show with Sylvie, Lance, and Dion coming up in five minutes right here on ESPN Chicago. We have the Bears and the Browns live from Cleveland. Kickoff set for noon. From Cleveland, rainy Cleveland with with a little wind, Abdal. You can listen to the game right here on ESPN 1000. Don't forget four hours of post-game coverage after the game, so make sure you have it locked on the ESPN Chicago app and also ESPN 1000. Thank you to Charlie Bevins and to Sean Graney for producing today's show. We'll be back tomorrow night. Bears night in Chicago with TJ Edwards presented by Miller Lite. It's Black and Abdallah Monday, 6 to 8. TJ Edwards will be with us and we'll be at the Edison Park Inn in Edison Park. So come on out, hang out tomorrow night, 6 to 8, right here on ESPN 1000. Yeah, it's going to be fun. It's going to be awesome. Come hang out. Enjoy some ice cold Miller Lite with us. It's going to be uh, fun after, after a Bears win here. All right, Abdallah, what's your final score? What do you I have said there? Bears win. Yeah. Bears win. Uh, I think it's going to be. 24-13 Bears. One of those touchdowns is a defensive touchdown. Oh, all right. Uh, and, yeah, uh, and a field, I got a field goal in there, too. Two touchdowns for fields, one rushing, one through the air, a defensive touchdown. Full stats today. Yeah, I'm it. giving you everything here. Yeah. All right. Uh, you and I have uh, about the same thought. I have 27-21 Bears. Oof. 
I think the Bears win. I think they score some points, and uh, I think they have some success against Flacco today. Okay, I think so too. But you're saying they're giving up? They're giving up 21 points to yeah. Joe Flacco? Yeah, but 21 points isn't that big of a deal. Eh. They're going to score 27. Okay, as they're, long as they score 27, 21 not bad. They're going to take care of business. Yeah. I, I think things are going to continue rolling in the right direction for this team. Four games left, and I think uh, after the help that the Bears got from the Bengals yesterday with the Vikings. I think they get one in Cleveland today. Sylvie, Lance, Dion, the pregame show coming up next. Chicago Bears pregame. Pregame.